Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. You're a bum. Hey. Yeah. Some things just make me smile. It's like an involuntary response when you hear things like that. Less is famous. Bum of the week. We're going to get into bum of the year here as well. I am Mark Grody. This is the Les Grobstein. We lost you a year ago yesterday memorial show. And uh, we, we are working on this. Bum of the year. Um, my next guest, uh, John Greenberg, and I started talking, I don't know, like a couple of months back about potentially doing a bum of the year. We didn't know exactly how we would do it. Would it be something that John would just write or something that I would talk about on the radio? And it turns out that we get a chance to do both because in The Athletic yesterday, and it's up right now on theathletic.com and John Greenberg's Twitter and my Twitter, bum of the year candidates. And those are just our suggestions Tony LaRussa, Jerry Reinsdorf, Tom Ricketts, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers are the ones that you can vote on. And you can continue to do it. And we're going to get an update here in a second. But, yeah, you can continue to do it. And if you'd like to call during this segment or any time throughout the overnight to give your vote for Bum of the Year, and it doesn't have to be one of those, please feel free to do that at 312-644-6700. 67. Now, Greenberg, he's my my fellow Les Grobstein scholar. What I am to talking about Les, John is writing about Les, so we do share that in common. And you know what? You're, you're kind of like my uh, you're like my Grobber soulmate, man. 
<laughs> That's the saddest. It's all very <laughs> sad, everyone. Uh, yes, no, I mean, listen, I think we uh, appreciate the finer things in life and sports uh-huh. media. And we, you know, we appreciate Grobber. And, you know, there's a lot of us out there. You know, not everyone wants to admit it like us, but there, there's a lot of a lot of Grobber aficionados in the media. My one of my favorite stories is I was pulling out of the United Center one, you know, one night late at night after writing a column, and I'm I'm turning on the Grobber and I'm like, who is this crazy old guy talking to him? <laughs> and I'm listening, I'm listening to the entertaining conversation, usual classic Grobber caller, and it was uh-huh. Tellender. It was Rick Tellender <laughs> who had, who had left the game before me, and he was on the phone with him. Yeah, oh, our, our buddy funny. Nick, uh, a younger one, Nick Friedel, um, who's always up late. Nick is a major Grover fan. Oh, uh, nice. Nick was Nick would just, I mean, and it wasn't for like Nick would just sit and listen. It wasn't you know for any laughs or to, right. to tell the producers what you know what Grover said. I mean, it was like Nick just like staying up late and, and listening to less. I, I did lo- like. I think some of the best Grobber conversations were though with guys like Rick Tellender or David Schuster. Like when Schuster yeah. would just jump on after a Cubs game, and yeah. they spoke they spoke the language, right, John? Oh yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously Schuster liked to give Les a lot of grief. You know, that uh, was part of their relationship. Sure. But, so those calls were fun, but I actually really liked calls where Schuster was in a good mood. You know, must have been a quick game. <laughs> Right, and right, right. you know, and Schuster and him would just talk, instead of like Schuster needling less about stuff, they would just talk about like games they've seen yes. and athletes they've seen, and it was kind of like and Les would relax a little bit, and it was just those two guys, um, you know, giving people a history of the city, and I think that's that was one of the reasons why. I mean, listen, Les wasn't like you aren't going to hear a lot of new news from Les. Like you're not going to have a lot of new opinions on <laughs> right. uh, on players of today. But that's not what he was there for. You know, you, you got all the day shows for that, right? Les right, was there right, right. to talk. He, Les was there to, you know, talk about the old days, to give us, you know, to rip on the Packers. And, you know, you could, like, if you're an up-and-coming sports journalist, like, you could you could have learned a lot by listening to Les about the history of the city and the history of sports. That's such a great point that, and that people who were maybe, like, I don't want to say new to Chicago or new to sports radio, whatever. You're right. Like, he reminded you that there there are many, well, I don't know if significant, but there are many things, <laughs> significant things that, that happened in the past that happened in the 70s and 80s that young fans should probably know about. And if nothing else, they're going to be really interested to know about some of that stuff. A hundred percent. I mean, obviously, the one we all go to is the Lee Ilya rant. But that's a famous moment, you know, in, in sports history, not just Chicago history. And, you know, and Les was known, obviously, for taping that. And, you know, one thing I always – one thing I really appreciate after he passed away, I don't, like, watch – PTI was, you know, once my favorite show. I mean, I loved it. I don't have a chance to really sit and watch it anymore with, you know, other responsibilities. But I had it on, and they started talking about Les. And Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon, two mm. of the most famous sports writers in the country – they did like a full two minutes on Les, you know, and mostly it was led by Wilbon, of course, because he's from here. And and then Kornheiser made like this really great point about how in every market in the country, there were guys like Les that were like hustling sound, you yeah. know, the guys that yeah. had their microphone in people's faces and they sold sure. it. And Kornheiser's like, you know, before the internet and, and 24-7 cable news, he's like, if you wanted to hear 
quotes from a game, it was a guy like Les giving them to someone on the radio. And yeah. I thought that really put Les beyond this beyond the overnight show. That put Les in the context of sports journalism. So I mean, listen, like I told people, you know, I mean, this is like when um, our good friend Jeff Dickerson passed away a little before Les, and that was obviously extremely, extremely sad. Something still kind of shaking shakes me up. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I told people that you know, for most of us, when we, if we pass away, we're not going to get these kind of send offs that you know Les and and J, and JD did, you yeah. know, because they're just you know they're special guys, and it's it was very very sad to lose them both, you know, kind of back to back like that. Yeah, it was devastating. You know, like you just yeah. started to deal with one. And then the right. other punch, the other punch comes. So yeah, I'm mean, I'm glad you brought up Jeff Dickerson's name because I know Les and Jeff knew each other very well and appreciated each I ta- other. I talked with um, with Les about it in the press box because we had that one Bears game after Jeff passed. Um, oh, okay, we still yeah. had to go to, and Les and I were talking about it in the press box that day. You know, and he just was very sad about it. Like, so yeah, I mean, it was it, it was it, I. I I still remember when um, I checked my phone in the morning and someone's like, hey, can you come on to talk about less? And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. And I'd like you know, immediately scroll through like uh, oh. through Twitter. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's how you find out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. I mean, it was just I would say like Les's death was was surprising and unsurprising. You know, what I mean, it's like right, it's surprising because none of us said I didn't know he was sick and all that. But then, you know, he led this he led this lifestyle, you know, that was well, just a, crazy. And he had a full and, he, you know, unlike J.D., you know, who passed away with his young son and losing his wife, you know, Les lived. I mean, I know 69 is, is too young, but, you know, Les lived a full life. He saw a lot of things. He, he you know, really accomplished uh his goals of being, you know, big sports guy in town. And, you know, so you, you kind of celebrate that a little more. Absolutely. Um, and before we get to the, the main event here with uh, John Greenberg from the athletic, I'm Mark Rody. We're celebrating Les Grobstein. Uh, the main event is the, the bum of the year, uh, which we'll talk about here, but really quickly, cause I'm going to forget. And I had a couple people wondering the same thing and I don't have the exact answer to it. What is your history with with less, I mean, you mentioned that you that you just turned him on one day, or like how long does it, nope. did you go back with less as in a relationship? Well, um, you know, I think it was just that you know moving here and work. I started working in Chicago in two thousand three, and he wasn't on the radio okay. then. I think he was still doing his like all you know little side gigs at that point. <laughs> so he was just like that character, you know, right. oh, character yeah. you see in the press box every day in the clubhouse, yes. and. You know, and then I remember I read the Chicago Reader story. People talk about the stories I wrote, but there's a story written in the Chicago Reader. Um, and I know the guy's name, and I can't think of it right now because he's a famous journalist. But he wrote this great, great, great long feature on Les. And this was when he had the first overnight show, you know, that before he lost that and then was kind of in the wilderness for a little bit. Yep. Um, so it was the first overnight show, and it was kind of the history of Les. And that's kind of when I wrote a story. I based that off that story. So that that made me interested in him and more as more than just like this you know goofball in the press box in the clubhouse with his old microphone, you know reading that story like really kind of humanized him. Yeah. And then um, yeah, then I would start listening to him on the overnights. You know, once he started doing the overnights again, when Mitch came, went to the score, and Mitch hired him, I forget what year it was to start doing overnights again. And when I would cover a game, you know, that's when I listen to the radios when I'm in the car. So. Sure. 
when I covered a games, I would, I would, you know, would turn them on afterwards. I was always so happy about it. Cause it was such a goofy, fun show uh-huh. that like, you know, it wasn't, he wasn't trying to be ironic about it. There's no irony in the show. No, there was like, never a, a tiny drop of irony, not from Les. And, and, and I loved it because, you know, the callers would have to let Les go. <laughs> it's like, all right, Les, I got to leave. <laughs> you know, he's trying to kill He's trying to kill all this time. I got to let you go. So, okay, one more yeah. question for you, Bob, and then I'll let you go. <laughs> Who's your top ten favorite Cubs of all time? Go. <laughs> And then, you know, with the athletic, I was trying to do more uh, sports media features. So I asked them if I could do the show one day and, oh, like, yeah. come in and yeah. interview yes, them. I, I think I interviewed them before. Yeah. yeah, and I sat in to, like, oh, man, I was there till like, 3.30. I was leaving when Hanley was coming back. And they were just like, he was like, what are you doing here? Oh, my and God. so, yeah, I wrote this. And he was so excited for the, you know, for the stories. Call me. When's this coming out? <laughs> yeah, when it, are you almost done? Yeah, I want to post it on Net. Grabber.net or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Grabber.net. Get it right. Grabber.net. Right. So, like, yeah, and it was great. And people loved it. You know, and that's the thing. Like, when I published it, everyone was so excited about it because, you know, it just showed. And I think his family, I remember his sister I, I talked to, it was like, I don't want to say she was surprised, but I think pleasantly surprised, that, like, how much reaction a lot of this got, you know, because they, I yeah. think, you know, everyone looks at him as just this character. But, you know, to see how, you know, how famous he really was. And like I said, go, go to – I mean, he's on PTI. They give him two minutes. They don't do that for everyone that passes away. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he touched a lot of people, man. And I'm glad that that people are interested in keeping his spirit alive. And that's pretty obvious. I haven't even gotten to the text line, but it's, it is – it is overheating with stuff about less and appreciating the score overnight and not hearing a national right. talk show right now. So, oh my God, I hate when I, I I hate the national stuff. I'm sorry. I know. I, I, know, I, know. Listen, I mean, some people can do it, but like, yeah, you you, you can't do this job. You're a normal person. I mean, you're like, <laughs> right, you know, right. it's like right. it's either got to be for like you know producers on their way up that are just going to split it. Yep. But even then, it would it would never have the character it would with. There's no way to replace less. No, there there isn't. It's just, there's, it's just impossible. So yeah, someone yeah. who can actually do the show is from a technical standpoint and be just like a ridiculous person. Remind me, <laughs> yeah. we, we got we we got we got to do the bum of the year stuff right now. But remind yeah. me to ask you the question, and if I forget, then I'll just bring I'll I'll bring it up later anyway. But would just keep this in the back of your head? Would okay. Les have liked Justin Fields? Just keep that in the back of Ooh, your mind. I have I have an idea of that, so we'll we'll discuss that here too. I want to run that past you, but. Um, bum of the year is going down to, I know we got a bunch of people on hold right now too at three, one, two, six, 44, 67, 67. And John, why don't you give the candidates that we came up with and where things, if you can tell us where sure. things stand right now on the online poll, which is still, I assume is still going right now. Correct. Yes. I, you know, I know on my computer in front of me, it's still going last I checked, um, just before I got on the call, it was just under 2000 votes. And okay. I, I had sent you a screenshot. Yes. Um, and it's still, it's you know, there's not too many more votes since that since I sent that to you because that was okay. around midnight. Okay. But um, yeah, Tony Larusa was is the clear leader. Okay. I mean, he's been the clear leader since like, you know, started off early with Favre was number one, but then Larusa. Once people started noticing it, um, and especially White Sox Twitter type people, oh, so yeah. Larusa's the clear leader. It's probably like thirty three percent, I would say, right now. 
Okay. And then okay. it's Jerry Reinsdorf uh, okay. is number two. Okay. And then it goes to Brett Favre, uh, okay. number three. Okay. Tom Ricketts, four. And then Aaron Rodgers, five. I thought Rodgers would do better. Wow. Yeah. You know? I thought uh, he would yeah, do and- better. Uh, you know, it's, it's like you said, maybe it's too topical. He's too new. Uh, but like, <laughs> he's too new. I, I listen when you and I first came up with the candidates. Larusso uh-huh. was the first guy we both said. All oh, right, right. And, but and when I brought I, up to other people, they said Larusso first as well. I'm a little bit conflicted on Larusso though, because there is a distinct possibility. I don't remember if I shared this with you at Alice Hall. There's a distinct possibility that Les would have liked Larusa a lot and would have sort of looked past all of his errors because Larusa or Les had a thing for the '80s and probably had a right. relationship with Tony Larusa. Probably would have loved the hire. I, I know he's a good guy, and I know a lot of people don't like him, but that doesn't matter. I, I know him and I like him, and he's he's a good guy. I don't care what people say. Like, I mean, or st- or was stuff. Larusa mean to Les once in like 1983 oh. and hated him ever since? Oh yeah. If he got the less, if he's got. The less. Wait a minute! I've been told by Sean Sears we've got that audio. What audio are you speaking of, Mister Sears? You're talking about the the Tony Larissa Dave Stewart thing, right? Oh no! But we could we could definitely play that if you'd like. The, this is. Have you ever have you ever heard Greenberg less doing the the Dave Stewart impersonation? And no. Dave Stewart. Oh my goodness, my friend. Uh, you okay? Yes, Sean. Go ahead and go ahead and play that for Mr. Greenberg. After the game, we go into Tony Larusa's his office. I asked the first question. I said, "How is he?" He says, "A rather terse. I don't know." And the late Bob Glass said, "Boy, it must have been pretty scary to." And he didn't even get any more words out of nothing. All of a sudden, Larusa screaming, "I don't want to talk about that bull bleep!" And then Bob Glass responded with, "Okay, but don't yell at me." And Larusa goes, "I'll bleeping yell at you if I bleeping." want to and bob glass says well then i'll yell back and then larusa says well then that's the end of the interview you're you're acting like a newborn that's just been born or whatever and i guess a newborn was just born right bob glass he didn't back down he says don't be that way be a man and larusa starts screaming again be a man the bleep 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 guy is on the ground blah 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 and they're it was unbelievable and that's when dave stewart with his high-pitched voice starts screaming what are you talking about being a man you bleep bleeper and then about a minute later he goes over to glass and says don't you ever bring your ass in here again the next day glass was supposed to be off he was supposed to be off the next day. The late Joe Mushel, who was in charge of the AP, he says, you better get out there. You can't not be there the next day. So Glass went up to Larusa to try to soothe things over. And Larusa says, I don't want to talk to you. I don't even want to see you. You basically questioned my manlyhood. And this was a day later. And a couple of other people were trying to ask Larusa, how can you think that he did that on purpose when it forced in the go-ahead run? And he says, you ask me that question again, we're going to go at it right here I mean, come on now give me a break <laughs> oh, don't you ever bring your ass back in here oh john there are so many angles to and i am i am now convinced now after listening to the tape we listened to the tape i don't think les would have been a fan of tony Larusa. well he was he was we were, there must be sound he was on the air still when, when Larusa got hired that's true we could probably so, do some digging and find I, out i guarantee yeah, I bet he, he you know, because he's filling time, he probably just played. He probably just made both sides of the argument just to fill a show. <laughs> that's that's definitely what happened, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. 
I, you know, I, listen, he would have hated this year, though. I mean, can you imagine him on the air after some of the, when when Larusa, you know, with the with the intentional walk, he would have went nuts about that. Oh my God! Oh yeah, some of the that, that would have kept him going all night too. But um, oh yeah, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> I'm a little surprised that would you say Ricketts was in fourth on the list? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess Ricketts. It wasn't like the you know, the worst year. It was just people have just been mad at him for the past few years. Yeah, yeah. I guess you don't necessarily identify immediate anger with Ricketts, or maybe not from Grober's perspective. But uh, no, is... I mean, I think he. I don't think he would have liked what he said. Like, you know, that Ricketts still won't get over the Sammy stuff. I feel like that uh, would have. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. That would have bothered him. Um, the far, the far thing he would have went nuts about Brett Fraud. I mean, he would have went nuts about the far uh, welfare stuff. Oh my God, this guy—he's a fraud and he's a phony. And I told you, he's a bad guy. And <laughs> any of you people from Milwaukee, if you want to call and say anything else, I'll hang up on you. That's what he would have said. <laughs> oh hell yeah! <laughs> um, all right, dude, let's take some calls. You ready for some calls, brother? Yes. All right, yes. we we start with Ron on the South Side. Ron, you're on Bum of the Week. On the score overnight Grobber show with Mark Grody and John Greenberg. Hey guys, look here, Brett Favre, hands down. Oh yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the beauty of Les, he could take you back to any game. I would call him and say, Les, what about that White Sox game, that the, uh, the Chili Hot Dog game, seventy-two, and he set it up for it. Yeah. And Sparky Lyle and Dick Allen came in, and he, but. You, any game that you thought he took, it's like going back watching a, a, a movie. And he, it was like he just described it from the day before. But guys, I have to give my special, special uh, uh, comment about Les. Les, I was a big Sox fan. So, 2000, Kimberly, he said, hey, Ron, Milwaukee, they opened up a new ballpark. He said, why don't you be my guest and we'll go up to the Sox game? Now, at that time, guys, I was coaching my son in Little League, and I always took him to baseball. I said, Les, is it possible that you can get a ticket for my son? He said, yeah. But, 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 but uh, Grody, you mentioned it earlier, intimacy. I have been listening to him all night. So he said, Ryan, we're going to meet at, at a certain location. He said, and I'm going to drive them. Guys, I had never met him. And when I got in the car with him, with him, it was like I had been knowing him my entire life. So I, I, I waited to say this because I feel very special that Les invited me to a game, and I had a chance. So you can imagine, I'm 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 in the car with Les. It's talking about everything, guys, and I just want, but. I, I, so I, I, I mean, I love, love Les. And, 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 and again, guys, when I say for Les, I like to bring my son. My son turned 30 yesterday, and you know, he still remembers that. He was that. Uh, we, we went to the game and had a wonderful time. So I, uh-huh. that, I, that will always stick with me, guys. So thanks for letting me make that comment, but simply the best. Thanks, Ron. Did you tell? Did, was it who'd you vote for for Bum of the Year? Far. Oh, it was Far. That's right. That's right. That's right. I got you. That Ron, was a great call, the... man. What a great call. Thanks, Ron. 
Yeah, thanks, Ron. What'd you think of that, man? Oh, that was. I mean, it's so sweet. What a, what a like a nice. Uh, it's, it's just, I just can't imagine. Yeah, it's. Just, I don't know. It's just such a nice little story. There's not much to say oh, about it. It's just great. Yeah. Well, I, I love too when he says, "Oh, less like with the." the detail and like like he was just like he was there like because that was less it'd be, it'd be like he wouldn't just give you who was up it'd be like i know right? rudy laws on deck right now and dick mcgregor was in the hall or or, or some other name that's right. made up you know right and, and the thing about the is if he didn't know if he didn't remember the game you're talking about he might just make up something about it a hundred percent a hundred percent absolutely oh yeah i remember that and then quickly get on to something else that he <laughs> let's let's go to Tom. Tom, my guy Tom, longtime Grobber listener, Tom and Algonquin. What's up, buddy? Oh, thank you so much for the show tonight. Sure, Tom. Um, Mark and Cheryl. Cheryl. She's here this time. I got my Oh, oh okay. So I... Cheryl, is she your girlfriend or is she your wife? She's in the house. She's in the oh, house. She's my girl, just like huh. Kathy was. Yeah. Oh, that's... And I just want to say this. Yes. First time I heard from Kathy. I know Mark did the ceremony at Les's passing, and uh, I maybe I missed it, but I I never heard Kathy speak. Maybe she had to take a deep breath and get away. But hearing her tonight, thank you so much for that. She was so lovely. She was so lovely. She really was. Do you have a bum of the year candidate that you like? Yeah. Who would Les? Yeah, who? Roquan Smith. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Why Roquan, man? Um, Roquan, uh, from he disrupted the entire season from mini camps to stuff that people maybe don't think is important. And I don't know. I didn't really hear Wani talk about it that much, but right. <laughs> I know Wani. Wani was big on mini camps, but uh, just he disrupted. He okay. They said they didn't call him a hold out. They call him a hold in because he mm-hmm. did attend stuff, but that was only so he wouldn't lose money. He didn't have an agent, and uh, he, you know, he, he should have. We should have probably uh, cut bait with him before the season started. But uh, anyway. It's sad when, and then you got a guy like Montgomery, David Montgomery. Same exact years, same exact service time. Has a pretty big offense, and I mean a pretty big um, impact on the offensive side of the ball. Roquan had an impact on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, sir. But that, yes, sir. that being said, it's eleven on eleven, and a line of scrimmage has a lot to do with it, and a leadership and a locker room. And all that stuff, and yeah. I'm sorry, Justin Fields, David <laughs> Montgomery. Well, Justin, he, he's so much better than anybody even wants to admit. Oh, it's, okay, it's, good for you, Tom. I wasn't sure what side you were going to land on with that. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate the call. We got you down for Roquan Smith. Why not, huh, Greenberg? <laughs> I mean, I can understand why fans would be upset with him. I, I can't put Roquan on there, but, you know, yeah, that's like a perfect thing for fans to get upset about, right? Like oh, skipping yeah. the minicamp, you become a distraction. We're all talking about when's he going to start practicing. That's the stuff, you know, kind of a hardcore sports fan that's, you know, it gets annoyed by. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't vote Roquan, but I can understand it. 
It's the essence. It absolutely is. All right, so that brings me to the to the question that I teased earlier, and the question was, would Les have liked Justin Fields? You want me to yes. get my answer first, or you think he would? Okay, go ahead. I, I think he would, and I think he would have talked about Bobby Douglas a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think he would have liked him. What do you think? I think he would have used Bobby Douglas as an example. I think he would have been like, I think he would have liked Justin Fields, but I believe he would have protected the heritage guys like Bobby Douglas and Vince Evans. He, he like, well, people say they've never seen a guy run like this. Well, I saw Bobby Douglas play, and a lot of people don't even remember Vince Evans. He could run and throw the ball farther than anybody. So I think he would have taken <laughs> exception taking a little bit of exception to everybody saying he's the greatest, most spectacular. And then he probably would have got into, like, you know, Gale Sayers could, you know, like, I just think he would have protected the the history again. And he he would have talked about uh, every pass Walter Payton threw. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes. The legacy would have been protected. Um, I love it. Yeah, so that's where I stand on that. Yeah. all right. Any other updates here on the the bum of the year uh, candidates I, here? No, I haven't looked at the vote. But I, I can't imagine since the last time I went on my computer anything's changed. I think <laughs> probably not. It was yeah. pretty. You know, it, it is time of night. I think we're pretty. I think we're pretty much set that you know the the yeah. people on the, our vote have said Tony Larusa, okay, uh, and then Reinsdorf for empowering Tony Larusa. I would assume, Makes and then sense. Favre, yeah, and then Tom Ricketts. And then we'll go with Aaron Rodgers. Now, now watch. Uh, what's his name? The uh, the punter guy is going to catch wind that we were being mean to Aaron Rodgers, and he's probably going to ask him questions uh, about it. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome, man. Back, that, yeah. back, back yeah, real. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's always on high alert if people are being mean to, to, uh, <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers because <laughs> some people, that's his big ticket. So, uh, no, I'm kidding. But that's, I think that's, I think it's Lurus. I mean, and you feel a little bad because he did have health problems at the end of the season. But yeah. I mean, it was such a disastrous season. It would have been perfect for Les. Like, and I oh. thought about that at times. You know, like man, Les would have loved this like controversy. It was it felt like every Sox game there's something with him for a while. Yeah, that he would have like had sound effects and all sorts of things for Lurus. Lur- it would have been like the Robert Dunk Tank. It would have been great. Oh, 100 percent. And and like, there's not a lot of like you know we were thinking about it like the athletes. You know, there wasn't a ton this year of right. bad. You know, I mean, like, obviously, you know, I'm not going to say Roquan, but, like, there's no one in the Bears, really. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sox, Sox, you maybe say Grundahl could have right. been a candidate. Right. so bad. Yep. Yeah. And then, I, I don't know, like, Bulls. I mean, all, all, as disappointing as they have been, I don't know that there's anybody on that team that stands out as God. This guy's a no. bum. I mean, maybe Levine. Maybe Levine yeah. would have gotten some of that. Probably. I think Zach probably would have got some because yeah. yeah, because people are just annoyed with him right now, and it's just you know, when you get that big deal, you know, he's never going to live up to it. And he wasn't great at the end of last season because he was playing through that knee injury that got operated on. 
Uh, you think Lon? I mean, it's tough to say something about a guy who's been injured. But I wonder if Lonzo Ball would have got some. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was just thinking that. I was just thinking. I bet he would have. Played the year. I bet he would have because people are sick of hearing his name. They're sick of hearing that he had right. this. I mean, have you noticed, by the way, that his effect on this team becomes a little bit more powerful every time you hear one of the analysts or anybody that talks Bulls talks about it? Like, my God, Lonzo Ball really had this much of an effect on that yeah. team? Right, I know, and it's like, and his every injury update is so depressing. It was like, uh, like, well, I'm having trouble walking up steps. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, they're like, they're like, Lonzo's thinking about running soon. <laughs> right, like thinking he's close. About it. And, he's and close. there's always the caveats, always, but not cleared, not cleared yeah, right, to right. walk. You know, <laughs> he's, he's been cleared for right. brisk walking, but you know, it's like it's just been a horrible <laughs> update. Right, it's like, wow, he's he's really working on crossing the street. <laughs> Yeah, like, with, <laughs> unassisted. Right, right. We're not sure he's got the, the the quick twitch muscles yet to uh right. to, to make it across a busy intersection. It's just sad. Uh, I feel bad. We had like one call with we had like a zoom with them, a couple zooms with them. Like I think beginning of the season, maybe end of last year, and we were all all the reporters were just like, man, that was depressing. That was like we weren't making fun of him. We were just like, yeah. man, I feel bad for this kid. Like he's saying he seems really down. Like right. He's the, so yeah, I mean that would have got. I mean, I'm trying to think who else, if anyone. But like yeah, like we said, no one on the Cubs. No one cares. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, nobody cared about the Cubs. Yeah, the, you're, the, I think you're fair with the White Sox candidates. I mean, there has to be somebody beyond Tony La Russa that's responsible for the right. breakdown of that team. So. I mean, you know what? He probably would. He might have gave a little more to the GMs, to Jed Hoyer and, and Rick oh, Hahn. Yeah. yeah, they could have got. They could have got some crossfire from the Grobber. Um, right yeah i don't know who else would have really would have really got hammered by uh i mean no one uh, you know um someone said and i put this in the story we didn't put it as a candidate but uh the blackhawks execs for you know for yeah i was just gonna say from the broadcasters just for that because i'm sure he's very very protective of them Oh my God, dude! I didn't even think about Ed, the Eddie Olchek angle. He would have killed them, based just a hundred percent based on Eddie Olchek. Oh yeah, good call. And Foley, I mean, he's probably a huge Foley guy. Oh, I would assume. Absolutely, that, I assume he was is. Yeah, so that way they yeah. could have got to. And then, although we know it's a little more complicated than just like you know, Foley didn't want to do all the games anymore. They knew they were going to move on. Yeah. And you know, Eddie's Eddie. Um, I know there's some issues with Eddie, and like I, they should have done everything they could to keep him. You know, is oh, basically yeah. the bottom line of that. Eddie was funny though, because I remember like after it was all done, he was like, you know, he was on the radio with someone. And he's like, you know, you got. I'm not going to do a lot of media on this. It's the first I've talked about it. And then he did like Eddie did like nine straight interviews <laughs> for the rest of the did. day. Like, Eddie's saying, to listen. <laughs> right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do a lot of media. He's like, yeah, right. He's on with like every show. He's on B ninety six. Oh man, that's hilarious! Yeah, he actually called up Cassie. He actually called up Eric and Cassie separately and just uh, just talked to them. <laughs> At the score thirtieth, that's funny because he was out with Molly Hall that day and he was spilling. And then afterwards, my parents were there. He came up to my parents' table and is telling everything. I'm talking all about it. So it was. Oh, yeah. God. I'm I'm glad. I I hope he felt better. I'm glad he got his side of it out. You know. Yes, I'm glad he did too. And like. Yeah, Les would have been furious. I mean, just furious the way oh, that yeah. went down. Yeah. You know, his, his those are his people. So, yeah, yeah he would have, he would not have been happy about a lot. 
Um, let Your me, Honor, uh, this would have been, 2022 is a terrible sports year it really in Chicago. It really and, and Les would have been, it would have been, it would have been a good year for Les to, to event. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would have been crucial to the overnight. Um, let's take – I know, like, I'm well past. I probably should have let you go to bed by now. But let's let, let's take one more bum of the year yeah. call, and then we'll spring you. It's Tracy on the south side. Tracy, what's going on? It's Mark Grody and John Greenberg. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, my bum of the week is, my bum is Tony LaRusso. And a, and a story that I want to tell you guys is, is about Les. And I called in, and I had you about seven years old, and it was a Walter Payton story. And I asked him, uh, what year did Walter Payton run for 275 yards? He told oh, yeah. me he told me what year. He told me what, what team. <laughs> he told me what quarterback. <laughs> what defense. Who's on the defensive line? <laughs> Gave you everything you needed. You're, you're, he by ran the t- down the whole story. So all I asked, I said, Les, I got a question for you. What year was it? He said 1977, and they did it against the Minnesota Vikings. That's awesome. <laughs> you, got, you probably got more than you bargained for, I, didn't I you? I got the best story. Just added to that one question out of Les. <laughs> and, and another thing that me and Les used to talk about was Pete Rose. He wanted him oh. in the Hall of Fame, and I did. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Okay. And that was another. That had to be. That that had to be a hardcore clash, I'm sure. Tracy, who who is your bum of the year? Tony Lusa. Oh, you said it. My producer just asked me to ask you that question, so I blame him for not listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's for me. I heard. Okay, that's I heard. Right. <laughs> okay, John was listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it, Tracy. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, yeah, Tracy. Yeah, uh, Greenberg, I guess we, we had it right with LaRusa because people are hot for LaRusa. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, listen, we're, we're, you, you and I are on the – we have our fingers on the pulse uh, of oh, what Grover and his fans, you know, his fans would want. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. We keep yeah, I mean, it happens. That, it really persona and, – and in truth, you know, that – Larusa disaster this season really personified 2022 in Chicago sports. Just like, uh, I mean, is that really a question? <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a bad year. So yeah, I think it's it's pretty fitting. Could you imagine how relieved the the beat writers were like with this one because they like the beat writers started to come under fire. I, I felt like because they weren't asking like the they weren't being angry enough for Larusa I guess so right. I think they're, they're I think they're pretty relieved probably yeah and they had to deal with Tony you know and his moods and like oh. you know not answering questions and sometimes it was good for them though because it was uh it was a story it wasn't a good story but it was a st- you know every, you kind of Tony was the one guy like the post game press conference has kind of gone away not away but it's not as important as it used to be especially when you have bad teams True. And Tony made the post-game press conference like mandatory again with the manager. Yeah, he did. Because you, you didn't know what the hell he was going to say when something went right. wrong. He could blame anything. He could go off on a tangent, and then that becomes like the story for the next day. You know, and especially like you said, then people are you know complaining that he's not getting enough questions because it's you know it's it's gotten so late at night that like people just you know you, you, the stories have to be filed before then. You know, there's yep. just not. Not a lot of necessity to being at the post game all the time, but yeah, it became something even I had to go to as a columnist. Neo columnist, we like to leave early, so 
Pedro Grafal, I'm not. Sh- I, don't, I don't think he's going to have oh. the same uh, mandatory presence. No, I don't think so. Talk about like the the most nondescript hire in Chicago managerial history. Like people forget. Like I had a White Sox fan friend of mine. I was out with for dinner last week, and he actually forgot his name. He's like, oh, whatever his name is, Pedro. What? Because you know, after the wave of getting to know him during his press conference, it's like now I again, I like I don't feel like I know anything about Pedro Rafal. But you have to you have to listen to Shane's. Uh... His <laughs> bourbon and a buddy interview that that's, he was talking uh, that, That's right. That's but right. You know what's funny is I teach a class at DePaul, and I gave a quiz on Chicago sports the other day, and no one got Grafal. <laughs> I said, who's the White Sox <laughs> manager? Literally yeah. one of the questions. And one guy, I said to him, I go, you told me you're a Sox fan. He goes, yeah, but I'm not that big of a fan. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, like they, he's going to have to really – make himself stand up. But you're right, man. I mean, for sure, LaRusso is the first, you know, much watch post game press conferences since since Ozzy and haven't been a lot of those well, I guess for winning there has been on the north side, but not not quite the characters. Dude, I gotta go. Uh Sean is gonna kill me if I don't take the break right now. But thank you for appreciating Les the way you do and I know how you appreciate it. you you know he's a character, but I you're one of the people that, you know, respects him to the core as well. Absolutely. We need more characters in this world, you know, so we do any of you budding characters out there. Keep it going. (laughs) Yeah. Call this show as a matter of fact. Right. All right. Thanks, Brody. (laughs) All right, man. I'll talk to you later. That is John Greenberg from The Athletic. You should read his columns over there, theathletic.com. I subscribe. You should, too. And you can check out the what we were just talking about, the Bum of the Year candidates, LaRusa, Reinsdorf, Ricketts, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers, if you would like to uh, vote online. You can go to John Greenberg's Twitter, my Twitter. Uh, John is uh, at John underscore Greenberg. I am at Mark Grody Sports, and you know theathletic.com if you want to find it there as well we're just getting cooking here on score overnight as we continue to memorialize the great les grobstein and coming up next is another guy who is a huge fan of les and uh i think local sports radio in general he is mark potash the bears writer for the sun times i'll sneak in some bear this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Here's as well. Coming up next on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We're back with more of the Score Overnight Special, Remembering Les Grobstein. Here's another classic Grobber moment on The Score. Everything in Elk Grove Village is great. Awesome. You know Elk Grove Village sponsors the Bahamas Bowl football game that is coming up in the next couple of days. Um, Mayor Johnson uh, worked out a deal a few years ago. They literally sponsor that bowl game. Wasn't that your nickname in college, Mayor Johnson? You know what I'm saying? Uh, no. <laughs> I know what you're saying, and I'm not going there. Okay. okay. I know exactly fair, what you meant fair by enough, that. Fair enough, fair enough. Like a Coke can, folks. Ah. Welcome back in. I'm Mark Rohde, the voice of our friend Les Grobstein as well. My association with Les Grobstein began as a listener. You know, I, I was a – I'm 51, so just to give you the, the age range that you're dealing with when you're when I'm talking to you so you just know what ages I was when I was watching certain things. And, yeah, you know, I was a huge Cubs fan as a kid. You know, essentially, my sports consciousness was late 70s and then the 80s, you know? So you had, and I was a massive Cubs fan, and you had the Cubs having that unbelievably magical 1984 season when they won the division for the first time in 39 years when it was a huge deal to win your division. And it was a big deal, and it was a big deal for the losers that were the Cubs up until 1984. So I, I like, was kind of like that was my sports obsession like that I love the Cubs man and everything about it and I knew all that stuff like all that minutiae like I think about all those guys like when I was a kid like Steve Onaveris and Yvonne DeJesus and uh, Mike Tyson the second baseman Larry Bittner and Bobby Mercer and Jerry Martin and Mike Vale and I pull those names off the top of my head man like I, I am not looking down at anything when I talk about names like Thad Bosley. You know what I'm saying? Like the greatest pinch hitter I've ever seen in my life. So I kind of like had that thing, not not to the grobber level, but to listen to somebody who, oh man, this guy loves talking about those '80s Cubs, man. <laughs> like, like just, just as a listener, you know, whether I was in you know high, probably in high school, you know, listening to less whether it was on LS or on the score. And like, oh, man, this guy kind of speaks my language. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know more about Steve Onaveris' mustache and how how Ivan DeJesus could throw the ball, but he couldn't hit a lick, you know. So, like, that that attracted me to Les as a radio product and a radio personality. And then, yeah, and then all the personality. You know, that was hilarious. You know, I, I like... You know, like Greenberg, I think he and I are, have another thing in, in common. I love characters. I'm not just talking about on the radio. In life, I try to surround myself with characters. You should see some of my friends. <laughs> They're characters. And so Les, like, embodies all of that. I love characters, and I love guys who take sports that seriously, which I know might sound ironic coming from me because sometimes I've had the reputation of, 
you know, going for the fun and the funny as opposed to the substance and things like that. But, man, I love the substance when it comes to, to Les Grobstein and getting into the minutia and, and tracking all that. So so I just, like, honestly liked liked the, the cut. And I knew he could be a goof. I knew all that kind of stuff. But at the core of it, I just liked the guy. You know, I liked him as a, as a person, as a, a friend as he came to be. And as somebody who is listening to him, yeah, he, because he was such a character, you often separated it. You'd listen to less like, okay, like he's just this this entity as opposed to your friend or whatever the case or whatever your relationship was. was. When he was on the air, it was less damn Grobstein, the character and the insider that we all know and love. And so when I was eventually, you know, fast forwarding through a lot of stuff, when I started working back full-time at the score which was in 2010 i'd been working for for wbbm radio for a lot of years as a reporter and and, um, anchor all that stuff and so i started doing the you know what was done the mully and hanley show was the first time you know the show was put together they brought me in because they wanted to have you know they wanted somebody who could banter with the hosts and do you know do a good update which i did um and i ended up having a blast working with mully and hanley and mully and haw um you know just being part of that show but one of the things that i would do when i would come in you know get in there usually about four o'clock to prep for the show you know, four in the morning, yeah, and there'd be less. There'd be less doing a show, which I probably listened to walking in, and I don't even remember if Les asked me to come on or if I just opened the mic and started talking because I wanted to be part of the. I wanted to be part of the Mike Vale conversation. <laughs> I don't remember what the case was, but I opened that mic up. I think it was probably like a little bit after four, and we just talked for the next hour. And then it was so funny and so successful and so exactly what you would think listening to Les and I. No, if you know us, listening to us was kind of hilarious. It kind of was. Um, and then we just started doing it every day. And every every day I would make sure we you know we made it a little more reasonable. I would I would jump on with him more like four twenty four thirty. I wasn't going to do a full hour with him and hijack his show. Even though I think he would have loved it if I had done two hours with him. Uh, but I come out no doubt about that every day and we had just we had every moment that you could possibly have in terms of we laughed a lot um we i pissed him off a few times um there's no i don't know if less ever no, i don't think less ever pissed me off i don't think he ever did we i disagreed to the point of maybe anger towards him you know that good old-fashioned sports anger that we're all entitled to as oh hell fans. yeah yeah exactly but that that took our relationship off the air and on the air um, to a different level just because we had a thing going on and we both knew it and you know and oh the t- here 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 were the rough ones though the rough ones were when I would host like an evening show at the score and Les would come on after the show that I would host maybe that was done at midnight and we've had all sorts of different manifestations of evening times and shows and things like that but I less would be coming in next and he'd say hey you, you mind sticking around for a segment and then you know what would happen two hours later I'd be walking my ass home <laughs> so it, it was and but it was always worth it 
because it was fun, man. Like it was just because it could go in any direction. We had a good chemistry. We both have distinct personalities. We both have distinct opinions. Less probably more so than I. Uh, he's the host, so you know it was kind of our relationship is kind of a a. It was sort of meant to be actually. You know, if you go back to you know, my high school days and knowing him then or listening to him then, then it does make sense that I caught up with less as in, I don't mean career-wise, I mean just caught up with him in life, you know, and we became friends and and um, had a lot of fun on the radio. So, so yeah, that's that's my relationship with him. Coming up next, we will bring in Mark Potash, another friend of Grobber's. Mark Potash, yeah, Potsy covers the Bears for the Chicago Sun Times, so we'll talk a little Bears with him too. But mostly, I just like to—I like talking a little bit of shop with Potsy, you know, less and local radio and what it means to him because we've had some good talks about that in the past. And oh yeah, Potsy and I can talk like '80s to Paul and things like that. That's another—that's another thing, man. I left that part out with Grobber. Not just the Cubs thing, man. I was like a crazy to Paul fan, like young Mark Grody. Was a crazy Dallas Comedies, Tyrone Corbin, Skip Dillard, Clyde Bradshaw, all, all those guys. And Les spoke the language. So it was meant to be. Got to take a break. It's Score Overnight on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 